Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Put On Waivers Podcast with your host, Dwayne Douglas, on the POW Sports Podcast Network. So whether it's the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, or even hockey, nah, forget about hockey. Now for the best in sports talk, come along for the ride with the Put On Waivers Podcast. Here's your host, Dwayne Douglas. So you're a philosopher? Yes. Welcome to the Put All Waivers Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Douglas, along with Michael Alonzo and James Amato. We have a full house tonight. Excited about that. Got a lot of different things to talk about today. Um, first, we uh, do some business. Um, if you want to catch us on Twitter, it will be um, at Put All uh, Waivers. And then for the Raider fans, we have at Raiders Today. Um, text line is 213 213- Three four five four two eight, and then we also have the um, Create Culture, one of our sponsors, Co- uh, Clothing for a Cause, createcultureco.com is the website, so check them out. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We thank you for all those who've done that. And past weeks we started with ball, but this week we're going to start with some sort of baseball. And we're going to get some thoughts about what's going on in the major leagues. Three infielders on the left side. Sure what, I'm not sure what, what Mr. Boone's doing. Getting a lot of heat from the New York media. 
But um, I do give the Mets credit um, for doing just doing a great job. But we'll go with with the early start. They were, took a series from um, their nemesis, the um, the Nationals, and we'll see what happens with the Mets. Any any thoughts about the Mets and the Yankees so far? Yeah, really, really impressed with what the Mets are doing. I know you had picked them to win the division. I thought they would, you know, be in the fight for the wild card and and maybe fade out. And um, I, I right now it looks like I'm wrong. Again, it's early season. We're 11 games into the season. It's a long, long season. Every team wins 50 games. Every team loses 50. It's what you do with the other 62. And, and right now, you know, it's all coming together for them. And, you know, Callaway might be the right manager, could be one of the best manager hirings in a long time um, in Major League Baseball. He just seems to fit perfect with getting that, that rotation and entire pitching staff in order. Um, you know, there was a lot of concern with Conforto. He came back, came back swinging hot. And, you know, that's looking really good. So you can't really say anything bad about the Mets. And, you know, it's, it's good for baseball. It's good for this area where the Mets are good, believe it or not, um, more so than when the Yankees are good. And it just creates a lot of excitement around here. So, you know, I'd, I'd like to see the Mets do good. Um, not a fan of really any team in that division. So if any team has to win it, I don't mind the Mets winning it. Michael, um, the Yankees, I know they're putting it on the Red Sox tonight. And I, I, heard, I know they're 8-1. to one. They're kind of giving the Red Sox – what they what they got received the night before, but their struggles right now. Five hundred is not Yankee baseball. Uh, thoughts on their their struggles so far this season, especially the bullpen. The bullpen's been a problem. I think one of the you know it's funny you come into the season and you have an idea what your strengths are, and then uh, you know again Batances is a question mark. Still is a question mark. They've got some. You know, uh, in there, not not you know doesn't have that many strong performances. They they've had injuries. I mean, to to be fair, a little bit, but they have so much in that lineup that you can't you can't complain. No one's going to feel bad for the Yankees. I think they're you know you guys said it a couple of weeks ago is how much flexibility does uh, does Aaron Boone have to make changes? We're going to find out because outside of tonight and again separating tonight from the other from from the rest of the season. A ton of strikeouts in the middle of that in the middle of that lineup, and with Stanton and Judge um, hitting two three, I think you know how much flexibility does he have to break that up? Um, and and you know, DD Forrest has been playing great, so they've had some some pluses as well. But bullpen, um, you know, they didn't did not get a good start last night from Severino. Um, you know, you hope again early in the season, so you don't want to jump to conclusions, but um, or jump to judgment. But uh, you know. If uh, I think a lot of the Yankees are happy George Steinbrenner's not alive because if you ended up starting a season 500 with this team, uh, you know, he might uh, – Aaron Boone might, might not even be the manager anymore if, if this was, 19, you know, 1984. So, um, you know, I think they'll, they're, they're going to turn it around. I, I do think there's going to be some changes to the lineup, though, to kind of mix things up and, and separate some of the strikeouts because there's going to be quite a few strikeouts in that lineup. When I look at the American League East, and there's a, the one team that I think that people got to be wary of, just hanging around in the in the big three, are the Blue Jays. Eight and four, Donaldson. I mean, he's in the, he's in the American League, so he can hit, play, he can hit DH. So whatever throwing issues he has, um, he doesn't have to worry about it too much. He, uh, he he had a grand slam against the Orioles the other night. 
Um, he is. I mean, uh, that lineup can can hit home runs, and as long as they get decent starting pitching, they're gonna be they're gonna be hanging around. I think I think that's why everybody's waiting for the Blue Jays to kind of sell off parts in the off season. They weren't able to do that. Uh, I mean, they they said they kind of doubled down on said, hey, we're gonna we're gonna go for the we're gonna go for the try go for the playoffs. I mean, they they had they draw pretty well in Toronto anyway, so they're gonna do that. Big 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 win for the Yankees tonight, but. When are those pieces coming back? Like when is Hicks coming back? Are they gonna get their full allotment of players um, to kind of round up what they what they are as a team? Number one and number two, the bullpen. I think that I think that James, you mentioned it at the start of the season that that was something you you worried about because they 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 wore they they, they kind of got wore wore out. Um, this year you watched um um the the Dodger closer. He's down to like 92, 91 miles an hour on his fastball because it's so much, so many innings were thrown on him last year. I think the Yankees really kind of in that playoff run maybe maybe overused the bullpen out of necessity because you got to make your run. But um, do they have any starters in that staff who can go into the seventh and into the eighth inning so they're not in the bullpen every day? Yeah, right. Go ahead, James. Go ahead. I was going to say, they haven't proved it yet. Um, you know, you have CC on the table list, and he was coming back more as a pitcher this year um, than a thrower, um, you know, working on the corners, the off-speed stuff. You know, it's they, they haven't shown yet. Again, it's so early in the season, you don't really want to jump to too many conclusions. Um, I think the big thing is, like, Aaron Boone is – the first Yankee manager in a, a really long time, at least in my lifetime, that they've hired who's had no managerial experience whatsoever, not even coaching experience. Um, so, like, he's straight from the booth and you know, down to the field. He's already proven not to be too comfortable with the media in New York. He's had a couple of really not tense moments, but some quick snap answers. And being someone who's come from the media, you think he'd have a much better relationship, but that, that is a tough media there to begin with. But you know, my feeling all along was, you know, I would have never signed Chapman last year. I thought the, the Cubs got every single last pitch out of him. I know they're not not—they're doing the bullpen by committee in New York. Robertson wasn't the same. I mean, he came back. He had some flashing moments last year. But I'm just not impressed with the Yankee bullpen. And I don't know if they can pull off a trade to add anyone to it. I actually think the bullpen will be – I actually disagree a little bit. I think the bullpen will be fine as long as – as long as they're not totally overused. I do think there's a factor here, though. It appears to me, and I think this is going to be a trend maybe in baseball, that, you know, there's so many flamethrowers now. There's so many guys that throw in the mid to high 90s. I think you're seeing batters adjust and adjust well to where if you have a pitcher like Chapman, he's having longer and longer at-bats because you're seeing guys get used to hitting 98, 99-mile-an-hour fastball. So if they're not spotting pitches, guys are fouling balls off. Guys are not giving in, and um, and you're seeing better at bats. And I think that that is a trend that's going to happen as you know. You see all these all these bullpens that have guys that just throw um, they throw hard, and you're seeing batters adjust and be able to make changes and, and be able to be successful against some of them as well. I think that's part of it. As far as the Red Sox go, do you think maybe because they were such a quick out in the playoffs last year, they're they're fired the manager all those things like that, that maybe they went into this season kind of underrated and the Yankees could have been a little overrated because of the run they made last year. Mike, Mike, I have you go first on that one. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's absolutely. That's why I told you when we when we were kind of doing our predictions. I was I was still you know the Red Sox won the division. I don't I don't think they certainly didn't get worse. Uh, I think they got better. JD Martinez. They they have a lot of good young players who are uh, that we they're incredibly talented. Some that are still getting better. So there's no reason to think that they they couldn't win the division again. They have they have the best starting pitcher of the two teams in my opinion in Sale and and I don't think there's any question. They have enough talent to win the division. I think they got overshadowed because of the Stanton move specifically. Um, James, James, just turn on this. Do you think the Yankees, the Yankees, kind of got a little overrated because of the run, and the Red Sox being underrated because of how quickly they exited the playoffs last year? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with Mike on that. I, I think the big thing again, you put two fifty home run hitters in the same lineup, you're going to steal the headlines all year long. And, and yeah. the Red Sox came in kind of underrated. They're getting some pitching out of David Price this year, which they didn't have last year. You know, behind the scenes, that team, you know, was kind of a mess last year. Um, I still think the Yankees got really lucky. Um, you know, Joe Girardi outmanaged, believe it or not, Terry Francona in that series. Um, and that's, that's, other than that one game, that's the bottom line on that. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Yankees were overhyped as what can happen in, you know, the New York market. And you know, even everybody, ESPN, Major League Baseball Network, uh, Fox Sports, everyone just went with the glamour of Stanton and Judge together. And, you know, I've been saying all along from day one, it's like, let's get Stanton under the headlight, or not headlights, the headlights, the, the bright lights of New York as opposed to Miami and see how he responds. And I, I, I am impressed with how he has responded to the media after those two big strikeout games. Um, just very nonchalant and calm about it, but it's a it's a whole different spotlight than he's in right now. So we all the the three of us love baseball and and and, and we and we played right. So um my my thing is this you know if I, you have a guy like Judge and you have a guy like um like Stanton, tremendous talent, tremendous strength, physical strength, right? So, why not with two strikes? They're so powerful. They're so strong. Why not? Why can't those players just shorten up a little bit on on their swings? Maybe get the ball the other way. They would still get the ball out of the ballpark. So, Mike, I'll let you go on this one. Like, how come this can't be something that they? are teaching these these two young sluggers to do because I think they can still hit bombs um if on a on a you know a 0-2 pitch the other way I I actually think Aaron Judge is a pretty patient hitter I know he strikes out somebody he, he actually has been you have to remember Aaron Judge has been he walks a lot too. He has yeah he, he has he has walked a lot he actually I think getting a better eye I think you see him make adjustments during the game, and, and even you remember he's, he's got one full year in the majors, and people were expecting him to strike out over two, you know, uh, even more than he did last year. So he still, I think, finished up around 280. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I mean, he he, I think, makes adjustments. On the other hand, again, there's a difference too when you watch Stanton, and I think James is right on here. There's a lot less pressure playing for the Marlins because he can, you know, his at bats are freer. He has less pressure on him. He can just, you know, and, and now you're seeing every at-bat scrutinized. So you see the, there, there's some holes in his swing. And, and I think, I, I don't know if he's capable of changing 
um, at this point in his career. He's got he's had a lot more years in in, in baseball, so it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if he does make adjustments because he's going to need to. You can't keep having strikeout games like that and then you know keep hitting third for the Yankees. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I I just feel like they're so st- like okay, I'll, I'll lose Judge out of it. I think when I look at Stanton, I'm saying to myself, so physically strong, so incredibly gifted athletically. I mean, you could bounce a quarter off the stomach, no question. About it. I mean, he has he has he, he looks like a football player with his sh- when he when he has his shirt off. He has like probably a, a twenty a twenty inch waist, like ridiculous, right? Why can't I mean? I'm saying like you had your you had your two big swings on the on the on the first strike and the second strike. He's so strong. So, 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 just so physically gifted. If he just showed up that swing on the um on the on the on the two strike pitch, he could still hit the ball out of the ballpark or hit it off the wall. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Something I see that I think that I, I mean, some of that's just all or nothing right now. So I guess that I guess that's the way the way, way um the, kind of the Dave Kingman style of hitting now. Everybody's just home run. He's or nothing. never had to do it. Remember, he's never had to do it his whole life. <laughs> you know, so they pay him to hit home runs, and so that's what he's that's what he's done he his would, whole career. So maybe but, it's a huge change. Still, I don't know. Mike and James, I, I personally, I, I personally, I, I just kind of feel that he would still hit home runs. Um, going yeah, back to the yeah, Stanton, um, Stanton last year came out slow to begin with. He was recovering from you know the broken jaw after getting hit in the face the year before. Yes, and he did not true. he did not have an impressive April last year. So. The numbers he finished up with last year, so I do think he'll he'll make the adjustments and just getting used to Yankee Stadium and everything. And you know that porch can be very attractive even for right-handed hitters. So I think there's some adjustments that have to go. Um, you know, I, I see I see Stanton improving and having still having a solid year. I'm just shocked at like how bad he's come out and how off he looks. Like he didn't even look this bad last April. He's hitting the ball hard last April, but he's hitting it at people. Um, the strikeouts are just what's really blowing my mind this year. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see what Stan is able to improve upon that as we go on the season. I'm sure. I mean, like Dusty Bick used to say, um, players usually get all their numbers within, within like basically 20% of the year. So that one hot streak, I'm sure. I'm sure will be coming when the when the when the ball when it gets a little warmer outside for the Yankees on the East Coast. Um, the uh, American League Central. Again, like this is Terry Francona's division to lose. I don't, I don't see. I think Minnesota's a good team, being the hunt for the wild card, but I don't see them overtaking Cleveland uh, in that division. And when you look at Detroit, um, Kansas City, and White Sox, that's baseball's version of tanking right there um, with those three teams. They are not, they are not trying to win this year. Um, I think Detroit, Detroit might be a little bit better than um, people think. They still got. I, I, if somebody, I still think. I still, I still think there's going to be a team in the, who makes a playoff run. Who maybe gets maybe gets injury, and try to go, try to go out to try to go out there and get Miggy off of the off of the Tigers. That contract is huge. If they're able to, if they're able to say, hey, we'll pay for that um, per year just to get it off their books for the full amount. I think yeah, I guess I think you can see him um, off the off the um, off the Tigers. American uh, American League West. Now this is very interesting here. And I don't know when they, I don't know when they play. I, I, I don't think the Angels and Astros have played yet. Um, but that's going to be a very intriguing series when they do play, um, because it looks like and it's early, and he only been, he hasn't been around the the league a lot. But it looks like Otani could be the Scottie Pippen for Mike Trout 
because right now, because you know, for, for, for um, Mike Trout, who's probably the best player in the game right now, he's been he's been he's been he's been pretty solid for them in the rotation, and he's putting some ball in the seats. James, uh, thoughts about Otani um, so far this season? Yeah, again, he was actually on my list of biggest surprises when you sent out the the rundown for today. Um, I did not think he was going to just come into the league and impact it this much, um, especially the two starts. The two starts are very, very impressive. I know there's been a lot of talk. Um, Al Leiter had a great segment on MLB, how he doesn't feel Otani will do it with adjusting to, to you know Major League Baseball and how we have pitchers throw here on their off days and stuff like that. But, you know, he's been doing it for so long, and maybe the Angels are, are letting him – go by his workout program, but there, there's some great talent there. Um, and he, he hit some big dingers in, in Anaheim already. And that's not the best, you know, most hitter friendly ballparks to begin with, unless you're pulling it down the lines and, you know, three straight home runs in three games. And they were all to right center field, one of the deepest parts of the park. So to me, like he's one of the biggest surprises. It's a great story. Um, I'm always a big fan of stories like this. So I hope it continues throughout the year. Mike, any thoughts on Otani? I'm imp- I'm impressed. You know what's you know what's surprising to me? The sheer power. I mean, I think oh, yeah. balls. I think oh, 440, yeah. 450. Oh, yeah. I was like amazed how far he hit the ball. And again, it'll be you know the, I I hope it continues for him as well. I think there'll be you know as as teams get to see him and get to study him and a little, especially at the plate, but also on the mound, you get to study kind of uh, you know seeing him for the first time. Um, I think you might he's going to have to make some adjustments himself as the league kind of adjusts with him. So it'll be interesting to see kind of the next month or two um, how the league changes and how he you know how he makes adjustments back. Yeah, and I, I think that it could set up for some really cool baseball games between the Angels and Astros. Um, I, I, I mean, uh, the both teams are are kind of star studded. They have a lot of great young talent on both of those teams. Get to see um, Trout versus Springer and all those guys like that. So that should be that should be in a very entertaining baseball um, between those two teams uh, as they battle for the uh, American League West title. Um, talk about the East now. I picked the Mets to win the division. I just felt like a, just a change of scenery for a different manager. I thought that was one of the reasons why um, they had to win the division. And I also kind of thought that um, I think you think I think if the the Nats are going to kind of be caught up in that situation here where it's going to be Harper talk all year. And that can wear on a team like that. I mean, that, that, that is a lot. They have a lot of talent on that team. They have some really good, they have the quality starters. They have a good bullpen. Um, Doolittle kind of solidifies that team as a closer. But in my mind, I just, I just feel like, you know, the him being such a big part of that ball club it kind of my my. It's early, like I said, it's early as heck. It, it, they're, they're six and six. It's not the end of the world, um, but I do think it's going to be a question every day about signing Harper. Um, every day, signing Harper. Signing Harper. It, it's hard. It's hard. It, 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 nobody thinks that they're going to sign Harper at all, even though even though they're one of the, the richest teams in, in Major League Baseball. So that's going to be an issue for them um, this year so far. How about the Braves? Guys, I mean the Braves are playing really, really good baseball. Um, coming up right they're, um, they're on the runs. Yeah, I think they're third. Yeah, they're playing, they're playing. Runs scored. Yep, 
Um, I guess that's the way you go. You have that. You have those young position players, and that's the way you turn around your franchise. Um, another surprise. We talked about the Mets and and Mickey Callaway and all that stuff like that. Um, Cespedes coming out saying it's the best team he ever played for, well, all that stuff like that. That's all nice and dandy when it's April. We'll see about in the dog days of in the dog days or when it gets warmer and he wants to play golf and all that stuff like that. We'll see how that goes. Um, it didn't see the pirates coming. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I do enjoy I, I I I the young talent um, as far as like you know the pitching staff goes. And my favorite player in baseball, who I who's not a San Francisco Giant. Is um, Gregory Polanco. I just, I just love, I love the way, I love the way, I love his, I love his swing. And Josh Harris, Josh Harrison is a good, is also a good player as well. You kind of a, a guy you can play everywhere. So um, you gotta look at them. Um, James, the Cubs five and five start. I know it's, it's like I said, it's early as heck. You know, you, you don't want to ever worry about them right now. But um, do they have enough in the staff behind Lester to? Make a, make a real run at a World Series? Sorry about that. I had you on mute. Um, yeah, I think the Cubs are still the favorite in that division. The Pirates are coming out early. Very young team. Um, impressed, though. Very impressive with what they're doing. You can't, like, you can't not be impressed by that. Um, but it's, it's still the Cubs division. They won it last year. I believe they're going to win it again. The Cardinals are not having a good year. Um, I'm not expecting much from the Cardinals, so I think it's definitely all for the Cubs. They still have Lester leading that staff, and uh, yeah, I like I, I like their chances in that Central. Uh, okay. Quick 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 note on quick note on the Cubs. I mean, they've only had one game at home so far this season. So I mean, yeah. they're they're five and five right now, and they sit zero and one at home. Um, every other game, they've had nine games away. So, um, you know, just another reason. No no other team, I don't believe there's another team in the league with that few home games to start off the season. And, they're, I mean, the weather has been uh, absolutely miserable in the north. I mean, yeah. you can't get worse. You, you can't get worse than what they've had. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's coming. Um, the, I do think the one thing about it, if the Pirates can, can sustain just, just competitive baseball, the division is going is getting better around them. Um, Milwaukee is going to be around. Milwaukee is going to be a playoff, uh, not a playoff team per se, but maybe a playoff contender with that team. I mean, they're going to score runs. I mean, when when you have the outfield they have um, with Yelich and Kane, you're, they're going to um, they're going to score runs. And if you can score runs, even if you don't have the best pitching staff, and they don't have the best pitching staff in the world, they do. Um, and, you know, they do pose that challenge. Of being uh, of being a team that can um, hang around, hang around there as well. Um, the American, uh, the National League West now. The Diamondbacks are just playing great baseball. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Um, Goldsmith, um, the best player we don't know, nobody knows about, is just is just he's just been incredible uh, as far as that goes. Um, very disappointed about about what the going on with the Giants. I know they moved. I'm going to the 60-game, 60-day 60 60 DL. But the pitching really hasn't been the problem. Um, you guys talked about Stanton struggling. And I think probably changing leagues is an issue. But Longoria has been MIA. And I know, I know for me, when you see a player play every day, you can admire him from afar. 
But when you see him play every day for your team, I didn't realize how much of a free swinger Longoria is. I thought he was more of a patient hitter than that. Um, but he has he has really struggled so far. McCutcheon has had his moments, um, a couple of walk-off hits, um, giving um, Posey a little bit of help. But everybody else is pretty much struggling. And the guy who I really would love to get off this team is Hunter Pence. I mean, Hunter Pence is just a nightmare. I, I just can't. He he needs to get he somebody needs to get he, I wish they can get him off that team he he's on that contract that is just one year too long one year too long as far as as far as that goes uh, any thoughts about the West guys yeah I, I, uh, it's, the Giants ahead. showed up on my I'm sorry the the Giants showed up on my surprise list also especially Longoria I didn't think he would struggle I thought he needed to get away from Tampa Bay um, I definitely thought he would rise to the occasion. Um, you got you know you've had the gap at third base for the Giants ever since Sandoval left, and I thought that was a, a great pickup. I was shocked by the trade when it happened. Um, Dodgers are slowly falling apart. I didn't see that one coming. It's Arizona's division right now, but I'm not giving up on the Giants. I felt the Giants were the team to win that division. We talked about that earlier, and I'm still I still like the Giants and see them coming back once everything starts to get together. Yeah, just they really just um, Michael, Michael, Michael. I'll let you go in a second, but I just for some reason I just they're getting enough pitching to get it done, and they have some nice young arms out of the bullpen who have been, who have pitched well. Um, I mean, the injuries have hit them hard as far as pitching staff goes. Melanson has been out. Um, Melanson is just I I don't like closers who are lollipop throwers. Um, you know who have to trick you. Um, I like flame flowers. Um, those, those guys just just nice do it better. Um, or, or unless you're going to be like Mariano Rivera, where you can put the ball exactly where you need to put it every single time. Um, the, you know, the best um, kind of not flamethrower type closer, I would have to say was um, John Franco. I mean, those kind of, I mean, those kind of, I mean, he didn't really throw that hard, but he could put it, he could put it all over the place. Um, but they lost him. They also um, just lost Cueto recently. He's on the 10 ADL. Samarja hasn't pitched this year yet. Um, we know about, you know, uh, Bumgarner as well. So we have to see if the Giants can just hang on here. I, they don't want a series yet, so they have to go at San Diego. I'm looking – this is a series where I'm going to, you know, want to see what happens with the Giants to see if they can um, you know, right the ship here and, and win three out of four there. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the fight today. Um, uh, Arenado was not having what was going on today. Um, with the with the, with the Padres, and he was he was like he was he was uh, you know a bull out of a, he was like a, he was like the raging bull out of there, boy. He's not that that fight and the fight with the Cardinals and D-backs, you know, things get a little testy around Major League Baseball. It's kind of it's kind of crazy, but they, they, that that was interesting. Their team as well, Colorado. You got to watch them in the playoffs last year. Um, they're gonna slug they could slug their way to the playoffs again this year. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, like two I, weeks into the season, and we have three bench clearing brawls already. So, yeah, Yankees Red Sox cleared the cleared the benches tonight. It was on a lot more mild note, but they did it. So, yeah, it seems uh, maybe maybe it's a matter of not liking the cold weather. <laughs> everybody, everybody. It's the reason why. And, and 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 let's be honest, Mike. I mean, it's the reason why because 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 usually on the East Coast. It's the reason why I think East Coasters are could be just kind of we have a little bit more of an angry streak to us. <laughs> just angry, just angry a lot sometimes. And and and, and everybody who's in California or Arizona is all all this so laid back and relaxed because the weather is perfect. The weather has a big determination on your mood. I don't care what anybody says. 
It does. Okay, okay. It, 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 it really does. No question. Because when it's, it's just, so it just be crazy. So does, hit in the, so does getting hit in the back with a fastball. <laughs> yes. Yeah, evidently. That was not, I mean, he's not the guy. Uh, he is not the guy for that for that, for that, for that to take place. So uh, a lot of um, stuff going on in Major League Baseball. We have, um, we touched on a lot of those things there. Um, anything that kind of caught your eye in the first time? Um, we're not, we're almost there at 20 games. Anything that caught your eye, uh, Mike? I think the biggest thing, and, and I go back to what James said, is uh, if you ask me what the biggest surprise is of the kind of the highlight of the season so far, it's Otani for me. Just the, the all the all the hype coming in, and he's lived up to it. That doesn't happen that much. I mean, usually guys will start off a lot slower. Uh, that's just been great, and, and the fact that he's been great in both spots. Everybody's talking about can somebody do can somebody hit and pitch at the same time? Well, uh, evidently they can, and he is doing it really well. So I, I hope he continues it. But I think that's the biggest surprise for me. And if I was Major League Baseball, I would be promoting the hell out of that player. Um, because he's doing he's doing something that nobody has really done in a very long time. He's a, he's like you know we talk about um, guys like um, uh, Porzingis in New York. They just joke they jokingly call him a unicorn. Um, that's what he kind of is. He's kind of standing alone yeah. by himself. So let's um, promote those guys. Let's, let's not hide them <laughs> because he's already playing in in um, in, L, in, uh, in L A as it is. So. Um, yeah, that um, James. Any anything else uh, you want to kind of go forward with? Um, and just kind of surprise you about about what's going on right now in, in Major League Baseball? Yeah, uh, the big thing. Yeah, I, I put it on my list earlier was the 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 little impact the traded Marlin players have been having on Major League Baseball. Um, mm-hmm. No impact point. whatsoever by any of the players who got traded by the Marlins. Again, early in the season, and then I do want to give. Derek Jeter credit on something. I did watch a Marlin game this year, and I noticed that he's playing every game this year with the roof open, and then the back wall over left field used to be all glass. He had all the glass removed, so it's now an open-air stadium. And that makes a big difference on that ballpark. Um, I did go to a couple of games when I was down in Miami a few years back, and the Friday night game, they had the roof open, and the final score was 12-10. to 10. Stanton actually hit two home runs that game. And then when I went Saturday, they had the roof closed, and the Brewers won 2-1. to one. There was just no offense whatsoever. The ball wasn't carrying. So when you talk about Stanton having that big swing, I think a lot of that swing is coming out of that, that stadium. Hey, Dwayne. You can't say to put on waivers group is not committed. We have folks even watching the full Marlin game. Yeah. I don't know who else can yes, say yeah. that. There's no one who can say that. Yes, that is that is. Baseball game on TV. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, you can find it. You can find it. You can find it. Um, Jay, had an interesting question last week. I, I think I wanted to hold it until uh, Mike was here as well. Your question about a third baseman who was a Hall of Famer last week. Do you feel like it's an age reasonable by Adrian Beltran? Is he, Adrian is, he is, is he a Hall of Fame player? A long career, a lot of home runs. Mike, um, Kenny, your thoughts on what like, I, I don't. I, I have to say, I have to say no, in my mind. But that's some pretty good numbers. You know, he's one of those guys that initially you go, no way. 
you know, he's, he's a good player. But and then you look at his numbers and you go, wow. Like you don't really you you. The thing is though, is a Hall of Famer somebody that you don't realize has the numbers <laughs> has the numbers to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, so he he's been an incredibly productive player for a long time. So um, do I think he's a Hall of Famer? I think he's had Hall of Fame seasons, but I think he again. Baseball is now running the risk of becoming a little bit more watered down like the NBA is. And like, I know it's basketball hall of fame, but just the other hall of fames where you can be a very good player and get, if you're a very good player for a long time, does that make you a hall of famer as opposed to a dominant player um, getting in? And I, I still like the dominant player getting in. I think Adrian Beltre is a very good player is not good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. That's my own take on it. I do think, uh, although he he has um, the 462 home runs, which is is a, impressive, I do think that 500 mark, which is going to elude him because he's 39 years old, that could have been something that I would have said, you know what, he does have 500 home runs. I mean, even though it's, you know, not, you know, it's, it, I, I, I mean, 500 home runs is 500 home runs. That's not a home run. And he's I only like, had you know, he's he, only had one top five. He's only had one top five MVP season. He finished second one year, yeah. and he's had you know he's, he hasn't. And I'm sorry, he had two. He had two top five MVP MVP seasons where he finished second and third. I, I don't know if that's enough. I don't think it's enough either. James, do you have another player who you think a borderline Hall of Famer who's not in? Um, well, we actually had a we had a very heated discussion, a very animated discussion at work the other day because I was trying to come up with two players. Um, you know, and I came up with two players. One player I'm very passionate about who I think belongs in the Hall of Fame, and he was, you know, my favorite baseball player growing up. And, and the second player I say is not a Hall of Famer. He's borderline, but there's one move in his career that probably is costing him the Hall of Fame. Um, the first player who I think belongs in the Hall of Fame is Thurman Munson. Like, I just grew up loving Thurman Munson. He was the second-best catcher behind Johnny Bench during the 70s. Um, MVP, Rookie of the Year, brought the Yankees back to dominance. The the second player who we've been talking a lot about at work, and it's been over the last couple of weeks, and he's a former Yankee, and, and that's Andy Pettit. And my feeling is if Pettit had never left the Yankees, he would be the Yankees all time winning his pitcher. He had the most wins in Yankee history and you could not keep him out of the hall of fame for that. When you combine that with his postseason uh, performances, but once he left the Yankees and went to the Astros, I think that takes him, makes him not a hall of fame candidate. And I know he's got the steroids on there, but it's a, you know, he came out, he admitted it, maybe he didn't admit the full story. So I'm not holding that against him. What I'm holding against him was if he had stayed with the Yankees, and became the Yankees' all-time winningest pitcher, combined with his postseason record, how do you keep him out of the Hall of Fame? Mike, I'll let you go on with, um, um, as far as Pettit goes. You think Pettit, if that, if that's a, he's, out, he's on the outside looking in, no question about it. Yeah, do you he's think a that, tough one. You know, <laughs> that is so tough. He's a really tough one. And I, I don't, you know, it's one of those things, too. I don't, I don't know if... I, I doubt with the elephant in the room there is that obviously I think the steroid accusation because it was so public and because it was kind of attached to Roger to Roger Clemens at the time I don't I don't think he's 
uh, chances, I don't realistically, I don't think he's going to get in. But if we separated that, would he be a Hall of Famer? Um, I don't know. You know, he, he won a bunch of games in Houston while he was there. So that's one thing. You know what's tough about him is he wasn't – he was a pretty inconsistent regular season pitcher, even though he had a lot of wins. He had very high ERA generally during the regular season. So um, he was a little bit inconsistent. He was much better in the postseason. Um, he did have some bad outings in the postseason too. But, um, he, I mean, you think about it. He had 250, I think 255, 256 wins, something like that. Uh, and in this area, that's a lot of wins. That's a lot of wins. So, um, if I again, if you took the steroids out, I think he would have a very good chance of getting in the Hall of Fame based on his postseason performance. I think James is right. And it, again, sometimes it just comes out to, to decisions. If he stays with the Yankees, James, you might be right in that he has a different legacy attached to him, and that he's a Yankee and he's a winner, and he's got a bunch of rings, and there, and he's part of the reason they had a bunch of wings, rings. I think it makes the argument a lot stronger. I think you might be right. Yeah, well, one of my arguments on, on baseball and any Hall of Fame in general, it's, it's the Hall of Fame and it's not the Hall of Stats. So if you are the winningest pitcher in, I mean, let's be honest, the Yankees are the most storied franchise in, if not sports, you know, definitely baseball history. Yeah. If you're the all-time regular season leader in wins and you're already the all-time postseason leader in wins, and again, there's three levels of postseasons and, you know, not to piss off Phil Mushnick. I know there's a difference between playoffs now and, and playoffs in the 50s and the 60s and, and even the 70s. But when you combine those two stats um, and you're a Yankee your whole career, then in my mind, that makes him a Hall of Famer. I think, it, you know, if he had never left, he, you know, you, you'd have a solid argument for him to be in the Hall of Fame. But as of right now, I don't yeah. agree that he should be in the Hall of yeah, Fame. Yeah, like, like we'll, 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 uh, we'll, let's pretend you're at work right now. In my opinion, as a Yankee fan, I wouldn't say that Andy Pettit was a better pitcher than Ron Guidry. Ron Guidry was much, much more dominant as a pitcher than Andy Pettit. He just didn't have the length of his career. So there are arguments there that are that have some layers to it. Um, you're right on the wins, obviously. He would have been far and away the winningest pitcher because they don't have they don't have a pitcher with 300 wins. Um, so it's a, it's it's definitely you know the closer he would get to that, the better. But um, you know, there's some. You know, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be the best pitcher in the Yankees organization history, but um, the winningest. And, and I think the playoffs, especially nowadays, he has so many opportunities, and we we have him on film being so effective and and dominant in those those big moments that um, uh, you, you may be right. He might he might be able to go over the top with with his postseason performance, also. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on Gidry. Gidry in my opinion, put together the greatest single-season pitching performance I ever saw. And that includes the great years Pedro had with the Sox and even with the Expos. I think Guidry's 1978 was, was in, again, my opinion, but I, yeah. I witnessed that whole season, the greatest pitching performance I've ever seen over one season. Do you guys think that a DH should be in the Hall of Fame? A guy who basically was his, been his, his majority of his bulk years, his his most productive seasons, can make the Hall of Fame. A guy like Edgar Martinez. Yeah, I think Edgar should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, it's not his fault. He's following the rules of baseball. He was the most dominant designated hitter um, in baseball. His whole career was a designated hitter. Um, we touched on it a little last week where – you know, when the designated hitter came out, it was there to add two or three years onto a player's career. 
um, you know, and, and just make the leagues different. But, you know, Edgar, Edgar Martinez was, you know, he was almost impossible to get out with Seattle. No question about that. We'll take a quick break. Uh, thank you for joining us here on the Put On Waivers podcast. We'll be right back. We'll talk about a little bit more Hall of Fame, and then we'll switch to some football um, you know, at, at, the end of, at, at the end of the hour. How would you feel if you got pulled over for speeding today, but you didn't get a ticket? Now, that feels good, doesn't it? Well, that's pretty much what it feels like when your computer crashes or gets infected with a nasty virus if you get Carbonite online backup before you have your next computer disaster. With Carbonite, you get a do-over. You get your pictures and your other priceless files back. Computer disasters are inevitable, but for only $59 a year, Carbonite gives you safe, automatic, and unlimited backup for your PC or Mac. Plus, with Carbonite, you get anytime, anywhere access to your backed-up files from any computer or on your smartphone or iPad with a free app. Try Carbonite free for 15 days, plus get two free months with purchase. To get this special offer, click on the Carbonite banner or visit Carbonite.com and use offer code FREETRIAL. That's Carbonite.com, offer code free trial. Or simply click on the Carbonite banner on your screen. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Put On Waivers Podcast with Dwayne Douglas, James Amato, and Mike Rolando. Back on the Put On Waivers Podcast, Dwayne Douglas, James Amato, and Mike Rolando here talking a little baseball. Um, do you guys like the Sunday Night Crew? The new one? I haven't heard it yet. I've, I've only read about them. Um, and, you know, I guess A Rod stole the show this week uh, by saying he wished he would have signed with the Mets when he had the opportunity. Um, <laughs> you know, Sunday Night Baseball has always had an eclectic crew. Um, so, yeah, so I really have to sit and, believe it or not, watch a Sunday night game. Sunday night baseball early in the season does not draw me in. Um, I think it's, the you know, one of the worst things they do is early season Sunday night baseball, especially with all the East Coast games they show. So um, I do – I'm not going to give an opinion on them yet because I haven't heard them yet. Michael. I think I think A-Rod's entertaining. You know, as much as I didn't like him He's as a good. player, meaning, you know, He's, He's good. good at it. He's, He's good. Really at it. You know, I even liked him better. I, I, I actually really enjoyed the Fox sets where they had Pete Rose and A-Rod on the same set. Uh, I thought they were great. So, I mean, I think A-Rod's entertaining. He's good at it. The, the group there is good. I, I don't I – don't, uh, again, I think I've, I've, I've seen them twice this year so far, and it's, it's been entertaining. It's entertaining. It's pretty good. I mean, I've, I've always – I've never even, like, even – a woman in the booth does not, I mean, like, doesn't bother me at all. She was a good player. Also, I grew up with Susan Waldman and, like, people, like, yeah. you know, people like that who, I mean, she, and, like, I want somebody to tell me Susan Waldman doesn't know baseball. Like, you know, you'd be, she'll put you to shame. Like, you know, she's pretty good. So, um, you know, so I do like, I do like it. I'm also a big player of MLB The Show on PlayStation, and Viscursion has been the voice of that forever. I, I think in the new one he's not, but. He's he's also pretty good, but A Rod is the guy who is he is he's like us. I mean, he if, if the game is on, he's watching it and he's watching it, and it's you know, and I, I think it's just 
you know, I, I think it's I think it's cool. I know people are kind of giving them a little heat because they're going a little bit too in depth about certain things, but I do like when they talk to hitters and all those things behind behind the scenes there. Um, I, I think the one thing I used to hear from Mike Golick when they um, when he was on the Mike and Mike and uh, Mike and Golick, whatever that show was called, Mike and Mike show, he used to say that his goal, his job was to take the fans where they never been before, and when you're a former player. That's kind of your job, like you know, when you're the color analyst. Like we haven't been where you have been, so give us a little trip around that. And I think that um, A Rod um, has done that. I, I like him a lot more than Tony Romo. I can tell you that much. Uh, Tony Romo is just I can't do. I can do Tony Romo. Yeah, I, I think I, like Jeanette... the, um, I have to agree with Mike. I like the A Rod Pete Rose dynamic. I thought that was a really good dynamic. Um, and A Rod was a huge fan of Pete Rose. You could tell that that like he was actually sitting with one of the titles. I thought the A-Rod Big Poppy was a little forced and over the top last year. I, I agree. I agree. It's a great point. You know, who's um, really, really good. Um, you don't see him very much. Uh, he's mostly on um, MLB Network, and that's Cliff Floyd. Cliff, you can hear Cliff Floyd talking baseball. I'm surprised he hasn't. I don't know if Harold Reynolds has, like, more seniority or more whatever, but I Harold Reynolds is pretty good, but I, I think – Cliff, Cliff Floyd is um is 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 pretty good um on MLB Network um so you have that there um as far as Major League Baseball I'm talking a little bit about um players who would we think should be be in the Hall of Fame or not as we end this up um about Albert Bell will no. Albert Bell ever get in? <laughs> no, I don't think Albert Bell will ever no. get in. Um, he's, you know, he just turned off too many people in the press. He was not kind to fans. Um, he's, you know, he's the epitome of those 90 athletes who turned people away from sports for a while where he just thought he was better than everyone. Um, just a really bad attitude. Um, that being said, speaking of Major League Baseball, if you have not seen the documentary on the Indians of the nineties. Um, there's like a whole segment on him, which is incredible. Him and Manny were apparently just the two of them together with, with Cleveland back in the nineties was an incredible sight. Mike, um, Albert Bell. <laughs> Albert Bell, you know, I, I don't think he's a hall of fame for a lot of the same reasons just said, but he does qualify as a dominant player. He was a dominant player when he was in the league for, you know, I don't know. I have to, I'd have to see the stats in regard to the length of time, but uh, it was for, I would probably say a five to seven year period, a very dominant player. Um, but again, a lot of those other things, I mean, he hit a fan in the chest with a ball. Did he not? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's not the, he's the, mess. Not the, the, the prototypical way to get into the hall of fame. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, nope. I mean, especially the only way that could be especially if you're on the seriously, the only way that could be worse is if it was fan appreciation night. That's the only way it could be worse. Yeah, yeah. That's that unbelievable. Um, but we had that cool scene uh, in Montreal. I still love the old Montreal, uh, uh, the old Montreal logo, the, lo- uh, the Expos logo, and the and the hats, whatever. Uh, and we saw Brian Guerrero's son hit a home run in his last exhibition game. Um, before he went down back back to the minors, nineteen years old. Must be must be must be really cool to hit a home run 
<laughs> and in that stadium when you're 19 years old, especially when your father was such a great expo. Is, do you think Batman Guerrero was a guy who would, we would kind of look at that, looking for the Hall of Fame? I do. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, he was an all-around player, known to be a dominant player, uh, very unique player. I think one of the more unique players we've seen, just his style. He had a great throwing arm. He was he had power. I mean, he he. Uh, I mean, he he was an unorthodox hitter, but he was dominant, no question about. It. I think he definitely is a Hall of Famer for me. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer for me. Not only you know he's he's dominant on both sides, offense and defense. Yep. Um, incredible arm, great outfielder. Um, you can, yeah, he's he's Hall of Famer all the way for me. All right, I like I like I kind of. You know, numbers numbers don't say it all. I think I think you have to be dominant. I think he was a dominant player, so I, I definitely agree with you guys on that. Um, Trevor Hoffman. Will, 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 will Trevor Hoffman always be remembered for the World Series, and never nobody will ever forget that, and he will never be remembered for what he actually accomplished throughout his but, career. But when you look at him from the Hall of Fame standpoint, you're not going to remember him from just a couple of at bats. Um, I don't believe. I mean, I don't believe anyway. I, I think he's probably he's going to be the second best closer of all time. I mean, uh, at least from a, from a safe standpoint, I think. So I'm actually going to say that he, he probably is a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's like a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I think he gets in. Yeah, I think he eventually gets in. Um, the other thing to remember is everyone remembers the World Series, but he, there was a couple of other postseason games that he blew, and he actually blew an all-star game. I think he actually blew his first all-star game that involved home field advantage. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. What are you going to do there? I mean, it's, uh, that's it. As far as that goes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is what it is. Um, James changed my mind. He's not a Hall of Famer anymore. He's <laughs> a Hall of Famer now, yeah. It's it. A couple others on that list would be um, like somebody like Fred McGriff or Don Adley. I just thought like Don Adley was just, just – I thought he was just dominant. Uh, unfortunately for us as fans that um, – and I, I'm not even a Yankee fan, so I'm not trying to say that at all. I just feel like he was just – he was just he was just dominant. Um, and his defense was incredible. He was the first guy who I really noticed. Uh, he and Will Clark. The first guy that I really noticed, like, wow, they – defense does really, really, really matter at first base. And I, and I, I just remember watching those games on um, – on TV, and he had that homer streak where he's hitting all these home yeah. runs. Um, that was just incredible. And just the people just when, when Fabius is totally beloved a guy, the way they beloved uh, Mattingly, um, it was just it was it, what Mattingly did for the did in his career. I thought was just tremendous. I it just unfortunately for him, the winning just started a little too late. You know, I just it started a little bit too late for him, unfortunately, because um, he he he, he, he had that back. one playoff. His back and the one and the only had was the one playoff, one in one playoff um, appearance. Um, any thoughts, um, James? Let you go first, now, Mike. Um, thoughts on Mattingly? Yeah, um, again, Mattingly was one of those players in the '80s who I loved. Um, you know, he was the best player in baseball from you know '84 to I, I will stretch to '88. We'll give, we'll give him '88 when his back started to go out. Um, you know, and yeah, he had one playoff appearance, but. That home run he hit still gives me goosebumps when I think about it. Um, like Yankee Stadium blew up that night when when he hit that home run against the Mariners. Um, 
in yeah. my mind, he's a Hall of Famer um, just from his body of work of being not just the best first baseman, but he was the best player in baseball for four years. And I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go to my 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 one all statement is the Hall of Fame and not the Hall of Stats. Um, I, in my mind, Mattingly is a Hall of Fame player and definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He just incredible stroke. Um, the doubles that he used to hit, just running the ball all over, you know, the, the old Yankee, the old new Yankee stadium, you know, so to speak, when it was a much deeper ballpark was just, just incredible. He was, he was a great player to watch on, on both sides of the ball. I cannot believe I'm in the position where I have to speak against my favorite player of all time. So I thought maybe James was going to agree with me, but he didn't. So I actually, you know, following my own rules on the Hall of Fame, he had six dominant years, basically. Um, and I, I don't think I don't think that's enough. You know, he's only got he's got 222 home runs. He has, um, you know, he's he's still hitting over 300 lifetime. I, I think where his angle on the Hall of Fame would have been if he could have if he could have had probably one of those four, five, six years that he wasn't healthy. Um, that he was able to get closer to 3,000 hits because he ended up with closely, I think it was around 2,150 on the hits. So if he strings together a few more full seasons where he, you know, he's getting 190, 180 hits, he gets closer to 3,000, I think he, he probably has a better case. But um, I can't put him in the Hall of Fame because I don't think six years is enough. It's enough for the NBA Hall of Fame, so we can put him in the NBA Hall of Fame. <laughs> Yeah, Yankee, Yankee fans. Yeah, Yankee, Yankee fans. Um, you are welcome to tweet us at at put on waivers, and Mike. I'll have Michael respond to you. I know My that some of you guys. Are, My heart hurts a little. I know some of you guys are. I know. I know some of you guys are not happy, not happy at all with this blasphemy, this this terrible talk that Manly is not a Hall of Fame, not a Hall of Famer. I can't believe it. Unbelievable. So what's the line from? I always say, what's the line in uh, uh, Remember the Titans? You're a Hall of Famer in my book. <laughs> just, just not in the Hall of Fame itself. He's a Hall of Famer in my book, my own personal oh book. Oh, my God. Um, and, and, and because I, I, cause I live, like, right, right – I live right in the – I can throw a rock to the, hall, the basketball Hall of Fame. Um, they do have um, – the inductions coming up and some really good, some really great point guards going in. Um, so congratulations to those guys. Um, we have Jason Kidd, um, Steve Nash. Those guys are um, both pack tenors, of course. But um, they are tremendous. They are they've been they were really good. They're really great passers. They're, they're guys who just got everybody involved. So I give I give so I think I give that. Also, I just want to say um, this Sunday, my sibling, my sister, Cassandra, um, Leanne, is getting married to Justin, and I just want to say congratulations. I'll be there, and I can't wait to go. I'm going to Philadelphia. Um, first time in a long time, and go to the wedding. It should awesome. be interesting, and it should be fun. should be fun. Very, very, very pleased, very happy that um, she's coming to that moment in her life where she's getting married. I, I just hope it works out a little better for her than it did me. But that's that's all right. <laughs> but that's all right. Um, 